So Money Episode 118, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Thanks for joining me on a weekend, Saturday, May 9th, 2015. It's great to have you on the show. Hope you're having a fantastic time, uh, not working, hopefully, listening to this podcast, doing something fun, maybe out for a run, um, walking your dog, driving somewhere cool. Uh, we've got a lot of questions to answer today, but as it is Saturday, we want to kick off the episode with a uh, shout out. I want to thank a new review viewer on iTunes by giving them a free 15-minute money session with me. And this week, we're going to thank Joe Sant324. Joe Sant324, he says, awesome financial insight. Farnoosh is really engaging with her guests. Love the personal touch in the interviews and hearing about failures and successes of the interviewees. So glad I subscribed. It's given me the opportunity to really reflect on my own personal finances in a way that I had never been. Thanks, Farnoosh. Well, thanks, Joe. Hey, email me, Farnoosh at SoMoneyPodcast.com and let me know that you heard your name on the Saturday episode, that you were the Joe that left the kind review, and we will connect. I'll send you my booking calendar and we'll schedule a free 15-minute money session and we'll talk about whatever is on your money mind and what you're having some issues with, and hopefully I will be able to help you. So, and as a reminder to everybody, this is something that I do weekly. So if you're wanting to maybe connect with me one-on-one, leave a review on iTunes and hopefully that Saturday I will read it out loud and you will be selected. Let's turn now to my inbox and see who has been writing in. And it looks like we have a question here from Mabel. She says, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. It's actually become a favorite. I love it. Keep up the amazing work. I'm a female entrepreneur living in New York. My business focus is teaching stock market investing to beginners. However, I need a little help with my target market. I'm torn between targeting the business to females or having a more general appeal and targeting to beginners in general. I already have two names registered, one for each target group, but I'm having a bit of a challenge choosing one side. What would you recommend? Hmm. Well, I do think that having a niche is one great way to differentiate yourself. So if you can teach beginning investing, which is already a relative niche, and then even narrow that down further to women, and if you have specific strategies and approaches for women, that might be a great way to really differentiate yourself and and use that as a competitive advantage. And if you already have a lot of women coming to you, then this may not be a big stretch. But I think that, you know, as I've learned from a lot of successful marketers and business owners and entrepreneurs on the show, uh, it is helpful sometimes to really be very specific. You can't please everybody. And sometimes when you're too general, you know, it's really hard to stand out from the crowd. So I would say if you feel very, if you're very interested in helping women and you feel like you've got a really interesting perspective on investing for women and there are women, women already coming to you, then that may be a really smart way to carve out this market. So good luck to you. Oh, and you have another question. You say, 
I would love to know who designed your website. It's beautiful. I want mine to have the option for people to enter their email when they visit, but I'm not sure where to begin finding someone to build a nice website for me. I know you've mentioned Eland as a resource on your podcast. However, can you offer some specific resources for where I can get my webpage revamped at a low cost, if that's even possible? Well, I mean, it depends on your budget, obviously, and there are some web developers and website designers who will work um, with a low budget, and there are others who demand a lot. And I've worked with everyone. I've worked with people who are starting out and they don't charge a lot, and then I've worked with people who are a lot more developed, established, and and they demand more money. But I would say if you really want to know my specific – uh, the specific people who have helped me, honestly, my so many podcast.com was designed by my brother, Todd, who is not for hire right now, but he uh, did it for me as sort of a favor. And Liz Teresa is, uh, I'm going to shout out to Liz now. Liz Teresa is my, uh, my developer and uh, she helps me a lot with all things technology, frankly. And so Liz Teresa, if you want to know her, just go to LizTeresa.com, T-H-E-R-E-S-A.com. <laughs> and so Liz, if you're getting a lot of emails this weekend, you'll know why. It's because I totally um, announced you on my podcast. But Liz is fantastic and she can do everything, all of it. Um, and she can help you if you need to uh, get a really pretty, beautiful site up with opt-ins and get some people signing up for your newsletter. Phoebe writes in, she says, I'm starting grad school in the fall and I'll be taking out federal loans to help me pay, but I will also be using my savings instead of taking out other private loans. I'm a saver by nature, so the thought of spending this huge amount of money is very scary. How can I remind myself that this is a wise investment? I'm not taking out crazy amounts of loans. How can I get past the anxiety of the situation? All right, Phoebe, this is what I would do. So it's a lot to, to think to yourself, man, I'm taking out you know, tens of thousands of dollars in student loans, you know, because prior to this, maybe you had like a $500 credit card balance, you know, and now you've got like 34, I don't know, but I'm guessing, you know, this is, uh, we're talking grad school, so it's not going to be like $5,000. It's going to be in the five figures closer to maybe six of debt. So what I would do is fast forward it and think how much is this really going to amount to per month for me once these loans come due? So do the math, figure out what they'll be on a monthly basis. What will be your financial commitment to these loans once they become due. And I think that'll put things in a much better perspective for you. It'll allow you to actually see how this is going to fit into your budget in the future. So rather than thinking, oh my gosh, I'm taking out $30,000 in loans, uh, you know, actually find out how much this will boil down on a monthly basis once they come due. And maybe it's like four, five, six hundred $600 a month, depends on the interest rate. But that may seem a lot more just digestible. You know, so I would just say do a little bit of um, forward math and uh, imagine how that might fit into your overall budget. And if you feel as though it's, you know, going to be too much to take on, knowing what this will amount to now will be very helpful because you might be able to make adjustments in your live in your lifestyle and your living expenses to make more room for this once it comes due. So that's my advice, Phoebe. And congrats and good luck in grad school. Nicole writes in, she says, Hi, Farnoosh, my husband needs some term life insurance. And I wondered if you have any companies that you would recommend for simply shopping for yourself on the open market outside of a job. 
Of course, there is the internet, but with something important like this, I don't want to shop blindly. Thank you very much, Nicole. Nicole, I don't make specific recommendations very often when it comes to like financial institutions, insurers, lenders, but I don't poo-poo the internet. The internet is, is, a, is a great resource when you know what you're looking for. But I, I will say that when I looked for life insurance for me, I used a life, I used an insurance broker. And there are people out there that will help you do that kind of market research. And, you know, I don't have to tell you who the big names are in the insurance market. It's everyone from State Farm to MetLife to Geico, Liberty Mutual, Aflac. I mean, the list goes on. And honestly, I don't have any sense of who's better than the other, but I will say that it's worth it to do an internet search, to, to type in the basics of what you need and see where the best rates lie. And if you want extra help, you might want to work with an insurance broker who can help you um, broker the best deal. So good luck. And I'm glad you're looking for life insurance. Your husband's looking for some term life insurance. It's it's important. Now we have a question from Andrea. She says, I really love the organic feel of your interviews. I'm just wondering whether or not you provide your guests with the so money questions beforehand. Also, do you do a pre-interview to develop a rapport with your guests? Thanks so much for the great podcast. Well, thanks, Andrea. That's a really sweet question, and and um, I, I appreciate the compliment. Uh, yes, the answer is yes. I do have a prep packet that I send guests ahead of time. Sometimes I forget. <laughs> I do. I, I I call guests usually five minutes before we go to tape, and I'll say, "So, uh, do you have any questions for me?" I assume you you know you read through the questions in the packet, and they'll go. Um, I didn't get a packet and I'll say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. But, uh, typically I have this two pager, three pager that lets them know what the questions are going to be ahead of time as well as some other housekeeping notes. And as far as pre-interviewing, I don't pre-interview. I don't have time. I don't, I do a daily show and it's really time consuming and exhaustive in terms of a lot of the preparation, but I don't pre-interview because largely I'm interviewing people who are already media savvy. They've done interviews in the past. I know them, a lot of these guests. So I feel confident having them on. And so I feel pretty good about my guests. Uh, Of course, in the future, if I book someone who is like, has never been on any interview style show, I probably would just spend a few minutes on the phone with them. But I I do like to touch base at least five or 10 minutes before the scheduled podcast recording so that I can just, uh, you know, see how their day is going and get them comfortable and let them know how it's going to go. And the beauty of this show is that, and of course, all podcasts for the most part, I think, is that it's not live. So if anyone is having a bad day or messes up or they want to re-record, we totally can. So I, I permit that with all my guests. I say, look, if you hate the way you said something, just say, scratch that, start over. And we do because we all, I've even had those kinds of days. So uh, to answer your question, yes, I do send the prep packet often. I don't know if you can tell sometimes, if you can tell that if the guest knows what to expect or not. And I appreciate guests that come prepared. I really do. I'd rather they come prepared than you know, I ask them, um, what's one thing that makes your life easier, better? And they, I get crickets for like three minutes <laughs> and I'm like, really? You know, it's don't overthink it. You know, it's my thing. I like don't overthink it, but I, it's every guest is awesome. And I, I thank you for listening. 
And that is a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your Saturday. Thanks for all of your questions. If you want to ask me a question for upcoming episodes, remember, it's really easy. Just hop on to somoneypodcast.com, click on Ask Farnoosh, and send me your question. I usually get it within minutes or seconds, and I answer it typically that following weekend. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope your day is so money. So money.